Hello and welcome to GCP, featured on Movies for Men. It's Shite, Volume 5, A Good Day to Die Shite. Hello, it's me Andy Ogden and joining us once again, Mr Matty Edwards. Hello Matty. Hello Anne, mate, always, uh, always good to be here, uh, looking forward to talking a lot of shite mate, you know what I mean, <laughs> so you know. We're back again, volume five. Volume five, we get we're getting near the end. And talk talking of the end, well, we put a little poll up for um the final episode of Shite um on on Twitter. So it, it was gonna be like a pay-per-view. And I thought, you know, pay-per-views that happened in December. Yep. Oh so we had Starcade 94. Starcade 97, Armageddon 2003, and ECW December to Dismember. Well, and uh, I'll, I'll be honest, mate, I wonder what's won this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, Matty, before before we get into the um, the results, when I sent over the choices to yourself, yep. you said, that's going to piss it. Yeah, well, I'll be honest. I, I was I texted in my saying we'll put the poll up tomorrow, but you'd already done it, so I thought that nah, it's gonna win. No problem. It's gonna easily just piss it, absolutely piss it. So here we go. Here's what the British public have decided. As ever, <laughs> they get it wrong. As ever, British public. And um, so in last place was Starcade 1994, which was nine percent. So we missed. Watching the watching the clash between Hulk Hogan and the Butcher, the Butcher. Yes, we spoke we spoke about the Butcher and Hogan a lot on this uh, season of shite. We have, yeah. There's also a Mister T versus Kevin Sullivan match on. There. Is it a boxing match? That, if I'm not mistaken, is it? Or is it? I think it's a boxing. No, match, I think it? it's a straight oh, it's a match. Oh, yeah. fucking hell! So Mister T turns up with like a like a little nightcap on his head. Oh, I can't remember that. I've seen it, but I can't remember that at all. Yeah. So um, next up in third place was WCW Starcade 97. So that was Hogan and Sting. Bret Hart as a special guest referee between Larry Zabisco and Eric Bischoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's as a, what is it? Bischoff says Sting didn't hit the tannin beds for that match, is it? That's why he didn't get the title. <laughs> or so, or no, he didn't run with him as champion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the bollocks that is. And in second place was Armageddon 2003, which famously was the one that wasn't on Sky Box Office or Channel 4 because of um, a swap over of the contracts to um, Satanta Sport. So yeah. you would only get this probably about three or four months after the um, after the show had finished. I remember getting the DVD because yes, of Yeah, same here. You know, it, I was sort of a completist back then. But I think you could get the old... 2003 yeah they, they sold all the years at once didn't they videos and then into dvds yeah 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 and it make it a nice nice little design on the side of the um on the side of the cases i seem to I seem to remember with that that's the one with the uh triple threat match with uh goldberg triple h and kane i wonder who won that one and i wonder who got pit i wonder who pinned who in that one as well <laughs> well yeah triple h yeah yeah Pin Goldberg. Yes. <laughs> so the winner 
Is ECW December to dismember 64%. Now, well, they, well, they have shocked me there. <laughs> well, they have, they have a landslide victory. And as um, Kieran put it in uh, one of our comments, he said, I've heard a review of this about five times. As I said to him, don't worry, we'll, we'll well, try. Actually, and... yeah, don't review it, though. And that's that's no, no, no. We'll hopefully put a few, few different spins on it, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. And I know you, you, you've recently done um, WWECW the first month on uh, the Grapple Patreon. So um, you're getting your fill of the old um, ECW. Oh, and it is. It's, uh, you know what? That wasn't, it wasn't too bad the, the month, the month one of that, to be fair. Obviously, like what we speak on it, like people automatically remember the zombie and all the shit like that. But when you do actually watch it, there's some good TV main events for yeah. like three of the four weeks, and you get some. There's a cracking Van Dam v Kurt Angle match on there that's like really, really good. That's I'd uh, recommend people to go and check that out. Even Gareth gives it the sell on that uh, episode. It's like well worth a watch to go back and watch that. But um, yeah, it's you know people always say it's weren't the uh, authentic ECW, but was it ever going to be Andy? <laughs> was no. it ever going to be? No. So what did he expect? You know. Well, they made a shitload of money from a DVD. They did. And the pay-per-view, the first one done well, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, anywho, that is episode six in the future, December to December. Now, let's get into volume five, which is about number twos. A bit of a slang word on um, <laughs> ooh or shite. Um, I like it, and that's why you're a creative genius, my friend. Well, the creative genius in this one was our Jeff who came up with the idea. Because he was you thinking of... You shouldn't be giving your secrets away, mate. Well, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, so shout out to Jeff. Shout out to our Jeff. Um, so he suggested about tag team partners, uh, like tag teams, where one one has gone on to stardom and the ones we're going to be talking about went on to have a bad singles career or a singles career not as good as their um, opposite number. Yeah. So, um, like, famous ones, wouldn't you say, like, I think Edge is, like, Edge and Christian, they both went on to do Hardys as well. I mean, there's, there's this definitely a standout in the Hardys, though. Let's not get it twisted here. And well, <laughs> for me, I, I know what you're saying. The, you know, at his point, Matt Hardy, you know, reinvented himself. Ahead of Jeff in like 2015 and stuff, which which we've covered on Grapple as well, like in in, in uh, various forms. But I'd say Jeff Hardy overall would be one that like he was he could have made this list to be honest, Matt Hardy. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have battered an island at that one. Do you know yeah, what I, mean? I would have definitely. But Edge and Christian, even though I'd always have Edge, that's very much much more closer than the Hardys for me. Yeah. I, I, the one, the thing was with Matt Hardy, I was toying with putting him on this list, but I did feel we have talked about him a couple of times, and I think the V one stuff, you know, largely puts him into. It was that big volumes though. He's been on a lot on a uh, season called Shite, <laughs> so that big volumes. <laughs> and as I say, I've liked him in various parts of his career. I did like, you know, when he had Shannon Moore as his little oh, the broken stuff, stuff as well. And broken stuff. And even in the Hardys, he more than Elders. He was like the glue. Jeff Hardy, at, you know, back in the day, was like the stunt guy. Where he, Matt Hardy was the glue in their matches, keeping it together, to be fair to him. So, you know, but it's just the later carnations of it, and he's just milking it, isn't he, now? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? 
probably when his legs were straighter, he was much, he was a much better worker. It, now he couldn't stop a pig in a ginnel. <laughs> so, um, here are the 10 we're going to talk about today. Number one, the obvious one, uh, which you've got to hold up as like, this is the one that gets talked about all the time. He's got a gammy foot. It's Marty Ginetti. Number yeah. two, Jim the Anvil Nidart. Number three, Chris Harris of um, America's Most Wanted. Number four, I think both of our favourite here, Chavo Guerrero. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to talk about Chavo. <laughs> Number five, the dog-faced gremlin, Rick Steiner. Number six, one half of Harlem Heat, Stevie Ray. Number seven, one half of the world's greatest tag team and also a former tag team partner of Rico Constantino, Charlie Haas. Oh, the, uh, with his brother as well, Russ Haas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number eight, Devon Dudley, uh, one half of the... Um, I think I think the most uh, winning like tag team titles. Most definitely tag team over thirty titles, really tag team championships for the. Oh, they, they must have had some stock of brass all shining them fuckers <laughs> up. <laughs> Number nine, it's Robert Gibson of the Rock and Roll Express, and number ten, <laughs> Hernandez of um, LAX. <laughs> Who um, coming up um, this year is wrestling in Norwich? Bloody hell! It's just it's a small world. This business, Andy, is the small, small world. From Orlando to Norwich, you can uh, write a book on that, Mister Hernandez. So here we go. Number one, Matty. Yes, the one and only Marty Janetti at the Rockers. Now, the long argument is. Sure, everyone compares a bad tag. Well, a tag team partner that never, never really made it as a singles is like, oh, you're the Marty Janetti of the team. It, it's, it, it's very much, you know, like one of those phrases you get on that Brian Brian's Gun Twitter account. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but and I, I, like we, we obviously, as you said before, though, this is the most obvious one people go to because, as as you say, the stardom and the success Shawn Michaels had. But if we're comparing the work, mm -hmm. if we're being honest about it, this isn't like as obvious as the success like shows because he was a good worker. Even yeah. up until like he come back to the Kurt Angle match, he was a very very good. It was just his personal problems that like pretty much stopped him, wasn't it? Really, because he was he was good. He was good. There's no denying it. Back in the day, I think when he returned when it when he returned from the um, barbershop incident and um, him, him and Sean had a match on Raw for the um, Intercontinental well, title. What happened, it was like, I think, you know the way he says he got fired like five yeah. times from W. I think it was literally three times in that feud because yeah. he put him through the window. So then he was out selling, but he didn't come back till November. Like if so, I'll be honest, will, will Anthony Bowens come back in 11 months after getting through through that window on Dynamo? I don't know what age in this podcast, but will he... <laughs> Will he come back in 11 months? No, he'll probably be back in like two weeks. So I think it was... But back then, you did sell more. But I think he got fired in that point. And then he comes back, doesn't he? In the Guns N' Roses t-shirt, does the angle where Sean... He goes to hit Sean with the mirror, but he hit Sherry. So yeah. then they have a match at Royal Rumble. 
which Sean wins. And then he think he gets sacked again, and and then he comes back on that Royal alluding to in May '93, the same roar as the Razor Ramon One Two Three Kid. Yeah, upset. Oh, yeah, that's a good roar then. It's a, and it's only an hour long. It's amazing that roar, one of the best roars ever. And they have a great match, and he wins the Intercontinental title, doesn't he, off Shawn yeah. Michaels? And then he loses it at a house show, like a couple of weeks later, when Nash makes his first appearance as Diesel. Yeah. So he, he gets fired like twice in that feud, and it's the you know. And this, I hope we we uh, this is a topic we're gonna cover in this about like where the actual the have the eventual feud, the tag teams themselves. This is lumbered in that one where they had good matches, but it could have been a hell of a lot more. It could have yeah. been so much better if he wouldn't have got fired and there's personal problems. But, you know, the matches they do have, I think there's one on a 92-year in reviews, a good little match, tape for their video, and then Rumble 93 is, is good as well. And that Raw one's probably the best of the bunch. I think, um, I think the Raw yeah, one sticks, sticks out for me because it yeah. probably was on like a WWF. Uh, mania, you know, when they'd show yeah. the highlights on, um, yeah. the, I think it was the Todd Pettingill program, weren't it? Uh, oh, mania, sound Todd, yeah, that that would be my sort of gateway to watching um, some of the matches of Raw and, and what have you back in the day. But some of these matches, um, that um, I you said, always you unselected these and let, let the listeners know, you unselected these. I, I just thought, oh, looking at them, some of these will be interesting. Sid versus Marty. Yeah. Now, this is around about 1995, 4th of December 1995. So, Sid's got um, Ted DiBiase as his manager. Corporation. Corporation, yeah. Yeah. Um, Marty, though, when you see him like jogging to the ring, you can already see, even in 1995, he's hobbling with that foot, isn't he? Yeah, it's, he's, you know, but look at this hand, though, as well. It's like, this is what it screams Genetti to me. Whether he's in there with the jobber, whether he's in there with one, two, three, K, which we're going to talk about, or Sid, he'll try and get a match out of no matter who yeah. he's in there with, no matter how limited. Giving Sid like the diamond dust in this and stuff like that. It's like he he'll always, he'll always push moves out that you don't expect. So, so God love him as a as a as a worker, like fucking too right. And and Sid sold it as well. I'm like bloody hell, yeah. Genetti must have liked Genetti Marty. Masato Tanaka must have been watching them Marty Ginetti <laughs> tapes. Uh, I thought uh, this as well. A feud with uh, Marty and the One Two Three Kids. So One Two Three Kid had um, just recently joined the uh, corporation. corporation. Yeah, he turned on Razor Ramon, didn't he? And then at Survivor Series '95, he wins. He pins Ginetti because Sid helps Ginetti. Uh, he, sorry, helps the kid pin Ginetti in that match. Like the opener is it the under? Who is it? The underdogs versus the body donners, if I'm not mistaken. It's yeah. a good little opener. Like Hakushi, you know, Louis Bacoli's in there. It's a good little opener, that one. Yeah. I think we're, like, watching some of this 95 stuff, like, oh, I wouldn't mind going watching this. It, it always gets thrown out as, like, a, you know, a, obviously a bad business time for the WWE. It's the, that's it's the houses, isn't it? And the buyers yeah. and stuff. That's what everyone always... We're not asked about that, are we? And we're not numbers, oh, no. guys. We're asked, we're asked about the actual action and the, and the stuff in there, aren't we, me and you? Yeah, um, I was gonna say the feud with one, two, three kid and Razor Ramon didn't that end up in like the cry, the crybaby match, crybaby match with the, the diaper and the bottle, powder. yeah, the talc, yeah. I think that was the kid's last match, and then he went to WCW, didn't he? Then, yeah, yeah, I think that was just one of his last matches in WWF, yeah. And there was also um, a one, two, three kid versus Marty Ginetti. No, Andy, I've got to, I've got to be honest here, mate, I was like. Looking through these matches, I was like, I've seen most of these, or I know what to expect. This was a hidden gem. I I've never yeah. knew this existed. This one 
think because when you put it down, because when you send it to me on the links, there's no dates or there's no yeah. years. I'm thinking this is part of this 95 run. 1993, baby face, baby face. It's f- of all American wrestling. I feel like I'm doing this in every episode of every podcast I'm on now, but if anyone hasn't seen this or hasn't seen it for years, go and watch this. This is two wrestlers, you know, for 10 minutes of TV time. Doing moves. <laughs> you can do a moves in 1993, but you can tell when they seen this match on the board when they walked in the arena, they were fucking cheddared after you wrestled each other. But it's fucking brilliant. Really yeah. fucking good, this. It's, it's not so far after his, um, when he got the upset upset win on Razor Ramon. Yeah, it is. It's around yeah. that time or that period. Like, and it's, as I say, you can tell they were made up to work. As you say, moves, reversals. It's like a modern, ma- it fits on an episode of like AEW now, honestly, the stuff yeah. they do it. It's fucking really good, this. The um, the the standout uh, move in this was a one two three kid doing a somersault dive off the top on Ginetti, where a kid gets more the barrier than Ginetti, yeah. but it's you know it's impressive for ninety three WWF when you still think it's sweaty big blows just punching and kicking. This was yeah, honestly, and that was proper. It's rare, like it's rare that I haven't seen something or or can't remember something from WWF. And I was, I'd never seen this, so I was fucking well made up with this one. I'll tell you what, I wasn't well made up with Marty won by count. I, I wanted a clean finish. <laughs> no, I knew that was coming. I, I, I knew so you're getting protected and two baby faces. No one's losing there around this time. But uh, no, even that though, and that didn't ruin it for me to be fair because I was so just, I was buzzing watching this match, genuinely like fucking buzzing. So that didn't even ruin it for me because you got the old, you know. Lifting each other up at the end and raising each other's arms, didn't you? So, yeah, fucking soundness. And um, the, the third match I put in was um, Shawn Michaels in 96, uh, prime on the Colt, Shawn, uh, versus uh, Marty. Yeah, he, do, he does like them vegetable extracts, and he does, he does. <laughs> uh, versus Marty Ginetti for the um, WWF title. Now, Marty was with Leaf Cassidy in the New Rockers. Now, yeah. As far as form is anything with the word new, and the, it doesn't yeah. work, does it? New rockers, new foundation, LOD 2000, new blackjacks with Wyndham and Bradshaw. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, it's the only one that's worked. The new day, so there you go. That's the yeah. one that's worked. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not a reincarnation, is it? Or something so, uh, but that, but I know this one. I'd watched recently for uh, Benno's uh, dealer's choice pick is Sean. He added yeah, that yeah. in as one of the TV matches. And, you know, once again, you're not, it's not going to be a bad match with them two in there, is it? So it was, you know, good enough for an episode of Raw. Like, so. It's a, it's a good, t- I did put it's a very good 10 minute match. Um, and it's also got prime Vince McMahon fancying Shawn Michaels on commentary. Yeah, we, we discussed that a lot on, it, on that episode of Sean. Like, it's, he doesn't hide the fins, does he? he can oh, he doesn't. He likes himself a bit of a um, bit of Sean. Um, but, no, that's another good match. And, well, one to finish on, it was one of these where he returned a bit. I thought you'd have the angle match. I, thought, I want to go and watch the Kurt Angle match back. I might do that this week because that got rave reviews. But this one... He, against the Miz in 2009, yeah. he's struggling. He's really yeah. struggling here. He's he can't hardly run the ropes or not, and Andy doesn't know what he's doing. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a bad one. So <laughs> yeah, it was uh, wasn't good at all. 
It's a, he tries to do that top rope fist drop. That seems, apart from the rocker dropper, that seemed to be his um, go-to manoeuvre, maybe as yeah. a secondary finisher and what have you. But, yeah, he's a bit bit washed up here. He's, um, he's mad. He gets, he gets beaten about a minute, minute and a half by the Miz. Yeah. Um, the Kurt Angle one, was that the one during the Shawn Michaels feud? Yeah, before WrestleMania 21, when he he brings Sherry out one week, doesn't he, for sexy Kurt, and then yeah. he wrestles Marty Janetti. I think Janetti comes back, I think he wrestles Mr. Kennedy as well, Jordan is feud with Shawn Michaels, so it's the obvious him. <laughs> Whenever he was struggling creatively, he'd just pluck Marty out, wouldn't he, and just bring him yeah. back for any Shawn feud. And remember, he'd come back, remember uh, the Rockers reformed, didn't he, against La Resistance as well? Yeah, yeah, Jordan, yeah. that Kurt Angle feud, so and that, was a, uh, that was a good tag match, so. You know, as I say, my overall thoughts, and I'll go through you know each one after we talk about them. Very much deserve for the success, as I said. But if we're talking work-wise, obviously Sean is you know he is better, but it's not a it's not like as uh, the not, distance isn't now. It's not at all because he was a good worker, Marty. He was. Yeah, I think looking back at these mat uh, these matches, they're like fucking hell. He was all he was he was all right. Yeah. He just never changed, though, did he? His style, yeah. about, like, he, he always was that, just doing new moves. He was, like, at his time, in, in, in certain ways, he was just going out there and working, you know what I mean? He was literally non-stop, so, you know, fair play and, to him. And probably when you compare it be, him and Sean, Sean's, like, the good-looking one who you could stick on the front of Playboy, and Marty, you could tell he was, looking, he was getting a bit older in the face yeah. And, yeah. and what have you. You know, less marketable. Probably in Vince's eyes. And also, was never good on the mic. <laughs> he was never, no. ever good on the mic, ever. And I always say that about Michaels. I think that's his most underrated trait. I think he's good on the mic, Michaels. On the yeah. side, like, I think he is good. Well, from the sublime, uh, Marty Ginetti, to, well, the ridiculous. Uh, number two, Jim the Anvil Nidart of the, uh, the Heart Foundation and the New Foundation, where... We can honestly say he was the worst of the two in, in yeah. both, both, both aspects. Yeah. Success wise and work wise, he he was definitely a distance between the uh, the two. So um, some some of the matches that uh, stuck in here, Matty, was uh, it was a nine minute match against Steve, all capital letters. Of course, uh, this was the week before Canadian Stampede, and all I could feel was for Steve Austin, like. Your poor bastard trying to get something out of Big Jim. Yeah, he was trying, but it wasn't Jim. He just digs in it. That's all it really was. There was not much happening at all. And then he's that cutaway with with Brett doing shamrocking with that uh, the big like remember the big battles you used to have backstage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Brett's doing shamrocking with one of them, and then he runs in for the DQ. Not much to it, as you say. Felt sorry for Steve. Ends his uh, paycheck that night, did Steve? There was um oh god, there was some here that. The clothesline, like, clothesline by Steve to um, Jim, it was like hitting a slow falling tree. <laughs> yeah. He just couldn't. He never like could take just a normal bump or just want to sell. I don't know if that's ingrained in him from years because he was like a bigger guy and he didn't have to yeah. back then. I don't know. But saying that, was he a big guy back then? He was bigger, wasn't he? he was back in like the eighties and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. he just thought like he wasn't selling and. Yeah, never. As I say, I think I said on um, one of our shows again, the tag teams early on, Jim, heel half foundation. You know, he earned his place and he was he was good in that role. But from then on, just just not nothing to him, was he really? Except for oh, the laugh yeah. and the goatee. 
Yeah, the laugh and the goals. Yeah, stroking it. Yeah, just stroking yeah. his goals. He had that charisma. He had fucking, yeah. you know, you give that to some of the wrestlers these days, he'd be fucking crave for it. Do you know what I mean? So you got to give him that. Um, that well, they were also in a dominal stretch in there just to give Jim a rest. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> In this 60-minute Ironman match. Good four-minute stretch there for Jim. Um, There was another one uh, we got in there, and I think it's 1991 from W. I always remember this because I've I've watched all the superstars and you very rarely get like two big wrestlers wrestling each other, you know, yeah. well, you know, you know, I say main roster, like, well, that's like today's thing, yeah, not, not jobbers, basically, you know what I mean, and, and I always remember this one, a flair getting the, uh, the win over Jim with the, uh, with the figure four, so yeah, always still out. And... a job in this, I, I did feel like. That's what it was, once, as you say, when it was like, it was Rick V like him, or like, you'd have like, who else would, would be at the Virgil, would be like the star that was always losing. To like yeah. your, your heel, so but Jim had his uh, new foundation, his pajamas on here, didn't he? <laughs> did you did you have the um the figure the Hasbro? I had that written down. He got a Hasbro out of it, Jim. He did didn't get a half foundation one, even if I'm not mistaken, but he got the new foundation one. No, he didn't have. I, I don't think he had a heart foundation because I had the Brett one, which was like the you know, yeah. like an arm up like that and. Um, I, I look like I were having a fit then. Um, <laughs> good job, there's no visuals going out for this one. Well, exactly. Um, the, the new foundation Asbro figure, though, I, I did I did like that as a figure yeah. when, I was, uh, when I was playing with him younger. Um, th- this one, I think it did come up on Twitter as well. And um, like, like a clip of it, maybe on like a monsoon classic or on this day in WWF. Yeah. Sort of thing. Uh, it's a it, like I say, very quick match. Um, Squash, basically, really, isn't it? Flair takes the obvious, you know, as usual in this like quick match, but then it's just literally figure four. We're done. It's yeah, not much to it. So um, Jim Nidar goes away from like the new foundation era or heart foundation look, and he turns in to a an, an owl who. And this could have been on the fucking shittest gimmicks that we covered. This I forgot all yeah. about who, like, and I, you know what? I thought it was earlier. This is like ninety, late ninety six, near enough. I yeah. thought this was like ninety four, ninety five. You know, doing me just, you know, when you just come to your head automatically, and you're thinking, yeah, oh shit, yeah, shit gimmicks must be that. Yeah, that, that later back, I know they existed in ninety six with your TL lockers and and the goon and stuff, but. Fuck me, just the, how bad is like his yellow trunks? Not that bad, isn't it? The don't looks fit. awful. Yeah. Fit. <laughs> no, it's just like no good. Uh, from who knows where, weighing in at who knows what. <laughs> it's, and who? it's against um, old Mark, Mark Calloway here on the take. And I, I, what I honestly thought is either going to win here off a choke slam or a clothesline off the top. There's no way Jim's taking the tombstone. Fucking does take it, doesn't he? Fucking does, doesn't he? <laughs> fucking hikes him up. It's it's another short quick as, match. Quick as anything. Yeah, really quick as anything. Big boot, clothesline, tombstone, one, two, three. Yeah. One minute, 50. Done. Yeah. Done. Easy night's work for Mark. Do you think he's deserving, though, Jim, um, to be He's on another the- obvious one. He's another, like, like you know, like, I know... You know, defended Marty in a way, but you know, he is the obvious one you think of because of Sean. He's the other obvious one you think of is Jim with obviously with Brett and 
and even with Owen in the new foundation. But yeah, it's fully deserved. And the distance is how many miles do you want, Andy? What are your horse racing there? How many lengths do you want it by? How many miles do you want it by? Yeah, over <laughs> over six and a half lengths. <laughs> yeah. Number three now, it's the one and only Chris Harris of um, America's Most Wanted from TNA fame. Um, so his tag team partner with James Storm, they, you know, decorated tag team in, in the company, had that great cage match against Triple X. Yeah. You know, quite a few... Tag team title runs. And yeah. then his singles career takes him to WWECW as knock knock. Who's there? Braden Walker. Braden Walker. I mean, this one is just like, because once again, like, I think he's deserving to be on the list because. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I don't, I like James Storm. I think he's a good promo. I think he's a yeah. good character, believable. You know, his in ring work, you know, debatable, could depend he, on, on, on the night, but he can deliver in certain matches. He always gets a pop as well, even to nowadays, you know, when he does turn up. You know, if you've seen him on like an indie show in the yeah, UK. Yeah. yeah, of course. He's got that charisma, as I say, that the character built in, you know, he's got that natural charisma and he carries himself like a like a wrestler, like a star for me. You know what I mean? Whereas Chris Harris lacked in them mic skills, didn't have that natural charisma. And, you know, probably back then was just as good as working a storm. He was like mm -hmm. a, a big, they were a great baby face tag team. And obviously they had the heel run as well. But early on, they were really good. They had like the Asylum uh, cage matches with Triple X as well before the, obviously, uh, the iconic one where Skipper does the walk across the cage, but they have yeah. other good with the there's like a cage match and the cage is just dead tall and they give him the um forget what they used to call it, the death something, the finisher where he holds the death it? sentence, and it's yeah. so high the leg drop, it's a fucking great visual. Yeah. I, I think I think at the time myself, i I had high hopes for Chris Harris in yeah, in like WWE and you know, he had the, he had the size and what have you, but when he did turn up, bloody hell, Paul lad were bloated, weren't he? Andy, I've got it written down, and I don't know whether he's talked about this in his I shooting mean, interviews because yeah, yeah. I was it it that part of it, yep, yeah, the bloatedness. But Andy just looks lost. He looks like a scared, like he, he looks like he, he's just overawed by it. You can see the even the look, even the look yeah. as well, just like the plain black um, crap singlet, isn't it? It's so singlet, crap. Yeah. But he just looks like you very rarely see that. Even if a wrestler's green, and I've seen so many of these like you know newcomers in WWE over the years, even if they're green, even if you know they're not ready, they don't look lost as in the scared to be out there on camera kind of thing. Yeah. It's in the ring. He looked lost when he comes out to the stage. He doesn't know what it, it's it's weird. And I just hope he didn't have some sort of like like I don't know, like real life like breakdown or something, because it looks like it, it was it was grim, it was really yeah. that bad, like. Well, the, the video um, I sent to yourself, I think it's about 12 minutes long and it's yeah. just got a couple of promos, two matches, and that's his career done with. In, uh... Armando Estrada, if I yeah. can. Armando, Armando Alejandro <laughs> Estrada. Um, I... it, he was a big lad, weren't he, as well? He was when he actually took the... Uh... The 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 the, uh, the suit off and the the hat and stuff. He was he was built, wasn't he? And yeah. but he, he that wasn't much to it. And then a, a jobber match against James Curtis, was it written down? Yeah. He got his name. I've just on my notes as I say. Yeah, I've got. He looks scared. There's no fire. There's nothing. And he wins off like a really bad fisherman suplex. It's just it, it, it just it's so off. 
Yeah. You can tell he's either had news or you can tell that they're not into him backstage or the management or something because he's so knocked back by it. It's it's hard to watch, really. It really is. I feel so sorry for him. And also his theme music as well. It sounded a bit like that uh, song, two, four, six, two, four, six, eight, motorway. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded so much like that. It's awful tune. Well, I forgot to say about Brett and Jim, sorry, and about the feud. They never did have a feud, really. It was no. more a tag feud when he come back and helped Owen Hart at the King of the Ring. There might be one out there on one of them 94, 95 VHS releases, but I don't think there is. Or maybe there's a quick Raw match with Brett and Jim, but they never had a proper feud, put it that way. But it was, it was, that, it, it was that one where, um, when it Bulldog were in the crowd with his curly perm and his glasses. Yeah, that was uh, Owen and Brett, the cage match, because Jim, yeah. Jim helped Owen win the King of the Ring 94, but he's in Brett's corner earlier on in the night, doesn't he? And Diesel. Yeah. And then he helps Owen and turns with Owen. And then that's how we get that. But Chris Harris, and just to jump back to Chris, him and James Storm had a good feud. They had a great, uh, was it like a Texas death match? It's a bloodbath, isn't it? It's a fucking yeah. good match, that. I think but, it's sacrifice but, so sick, but they had the blindfold match as well. Blindfold which, match, yeah. Which we've covered. We talked about, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's. I think it's more the um, the ECW run that he's got. He, he is yeah. deserving to be in this list. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He's. I'd say early on he was matching the Storm, but then obviously Storm just went way ahead of him, didn't he? In in all aspects, being honest. And he's made, he's made comebacks as well in in Impact Wrestling, like yep. in the last year or two. Yeah, with, with Storm, yeah, yeah, America's more wanted, yeah. So it's good to see that he's he's come back and got his, uh, his pops and stuff. And But just, it is, it, and I very rarely get like that, and maybe it's my old age, but I, I did look into it a bit much. Like, I felt sorry for him in that ECW yeah. run. It was just so off, and it, it was hard to watch, really. Yeah. Number four now, from Los Guerreros. It's the one and only <laughs> Mr. Mugger Wage, Davo <laughs> Guerrero Jr., and and also, I, I will say the the fucking hobby horse he used to carry was the better part of the tag team than Chavo. Pepe. Pepe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's not even that I think he's like dreadful, and he's just the most boring wrestler of all time, isn't he? He's just the most like stylish wrestler. Like, there's nothing. He's not bad at all. He doesn't fuck up. He, he's just so bland. And it's just... Oh, I've never liked him. Never liked Chavo. There was um, like some bits I watched. Like He was the ECW champion. And he fucking wrestled at WrestleMania, weren't it, against Kane? And... Kane beat him in eight seconds, though, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that. But that's when he was all right in the... Uh, people forget about Edge's stable. La Familia, weren't it? It was like Edge... Hawkins, Ryder, Charvito, Vicky Guerrero, Bam Neely, name from the past for your hand. Okay. Remember him? Bam Neely. No. <laughs> don't remember him. No. He was like Chavo's heater. He was like his bodyguard in um, right. yeah, in that in that run. But he was all right then, Chavo. He playing off edge and obviously with Vicky and stuff. So he, he had a bit of relevance then. But he was just always one, as I say. Like, and we've got <laughs> you've got to mention a Kevin White gimmick. You know what? It's one I've literally just Forgot it was there, obviously, because it ended with obviously Eddie's ultimate, uh, you know, sad passing and stuff. But yeah, it was just I forgot all about that gimmick for a split second. It's very, um, very racist, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bad. It's like it's just 
Yeah, it's really bad. And you had like Dolph Ziggler as the um, Nick Nemeth, the, the caddy, really. It? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's just a bizarre, yeah, it's no good. But a couple, a couple of matches um, I did send over was uh, Kerwin White versus Shelton Benjamin. Mm. Yeah. It was it was okay. The, yeah, the, it wasn't the, bad. As I say, he's not bad. He's not a bad. He's not like a, one of the shittest wrestlers of all time. He's just he just doesn't do. He literally does zero for me. That's what it is. I think as Benno probably says about you know William Regal, name as like five great William Regal matches. Yeah, name as five great Chavo Guerrero matches. You're fucking struggling, aren't you? Yeah, they're all probably against Rey Mysterio. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely. But he's he's. Like even WCW's cruiserweight title run, I couldn't. No. Honestly, nothing stands out. I remember him being the champ at the end, the final yeah. three months, and he feuded with like uh, Shane Helms. Yeah, Lieutenant like Loco, weren't he? That was before. Well, that was just before he won it because he. I think he had a, maybe a cup of coffee with it in two thousand. Who didn't? With yeah. Daphne, you had fucking Ed Ferrara as the cruiserweight. You had everyone as cruiserweight. <laughs> let's be honest, but. This after the MIA, they turned them back to Chavo, serious wrestler. And at the end, him and Shane Elms were having, you know, at the time, pretty all right matches, to be fair, you know. So I just keep saying, I'm not saying he's the worst wrestler, so no one come at me. Like I say, he just doesn't do nothing for me. That's what it is. Well, he's, he's better under his career, obviously, was in Los Guerreros with Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero was always the one, you know, when, when, when they show highlight videos of that, of that run, it's all Eddie. But that, and that's one, and like I, you know, I very rarely wax lyrical about. Yeah, I've got me certain wrestlers that do, but like Eddie Guerrero was one, and like you know, I know it's like the anniversary of his of his death as well, isn't it? Yeah. Is it today? I think it's, it's either it today, today or yeah, yeah. Recording, yeah. It's like he was one of them early on, like he, as the WWF guy, like oh, everyone going on about Eddie Guerrero, and and I was thinking, okay, but then he comes in, and then you look at his, you know, you go back and look at his history and his back catalogue in WWE, ECW, Mexico, stuff like that. Brilliant, and then yeah. he comes to WWE as a quote unquote small guy, and he just owns it. And the charisma with China, stuff like that, and then he has his problems and leaves. And then when he comes back, his work gets him resigned, and his work gets him back over. And then when he turns into the light sheet and steel, it's it, it yeah. really is fucking like like really good. And he's one of them all time wrestlers that like can never be denied. Brilliant. Yeah. I always re- I always remember the week out the week after he died, um, going to a WWE um House show of the show. arena. It was um John Cena versus Kurt Angle in a cage match. Yeah, it's a big main event that. Yeah. yeah. One, that. I just remember the Ten Bell salute as well ah. on that on that show. Fucking yeah. Sad sad time, obviously. Yeah, just one of the best all rounders, Andy. They were all great wrestler. Funny, you know, say talking about like comedy and wrestling. Like, what a what time and the are using the spots to this day, aren't they? With all the lion cheating and oh, always yeah. getting played. It, it's class, though. It's it's just class stuff. It really is. And the fans were into it. And he was just one of them characters that you'll never forget. I always think when they break out the three amigos, I think Eddie's up there thinking, "Fucking leave me in peace, lads." <laughs> he can't do it as good. It's it's the swiveling well, the hips Eddie used to do. He can never do it as good. Or the frog splash. He had such impact on that frog splash, and yeah, I've got an idea for an Eddie Guerrero show. Andy, at this minute, I want to go back and watch everything he does. Um, so other stuff like Charbo did was yeah. you know like Lucha Lucha Underground. He was involved in that. 
he did turn up in um well like every fucker turns up in that company AEW. He was um oh god yeah I forgot about that he was um, Andrade's manager was he yeah 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 I fucking forgot about that everyone's been on AEW telly haven't he <laughs> but also and he was in fucking Glow like training like the you know yeah. working behind the scenes on Glow. And he's working behind the scenes on the Iron Claw coming up, isn't he? Yeah, it was, so, it was on, like the promo video for you know when they were doing all pictures of the claw. It's like fucking El Chavo's got a job there. He always he loves getting his gob in like roses, in it. But to be fair, Black and what I'm saying there about like his work, he's a solid, dependable wrestler that can show you the basics. So get someone like a Chavo in, it's it's fair enough. Like you know, yeah. But um, do, do you think he's deserving to be on the list? I'd say so. He didn't hold the candle to Eddie in any aspect. And, yeah, firmly deserved to be on this list. The, there was another match in there, which I did put in. It was Kerwin White and Nick Nemeth versus the Heartfrobs. Now, they was like a, a couple of months tag, weren't they? The Heartfrobs. Romeo and Antonio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, these were like, weren't around, weren't around for long. But even on there, if you're asking me Kerwin White or Nick Nemeth, I'd say Nick Nemeth all day, and there's a gap between him and Chavo as well. So, yeah. on his green as goose shit, as they say around this point, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> well, the, the, the other match as well, I think this must have been at the MEN Arena Chavo Guerrero versus Ricky Atten. This is the awful guest host either of Raw. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. And this is bad. But I will give <laughs> Chavo credit. The punch in the cell, the Hatton's punch in the cell is actually not bad, to be fair. And yeah, he had a feud with Hornswoggle around this time, if I'm not, not mistaken. It was fucking awful. It, it, the thing was, that, like, Chavo tried to double leg at Ricky Atten, didn't he? Yes, he did, yes. And, it's like, Ricky Atten didn't know what to do. It's, it's, it's bad. It's a bad yeah. two minutes. Yeah, awful. Awful period. Number five now, from the Steiner brothers. Uh, the... we got to go in, I'm sorry. Uh, Eddie and Chavo, the feud. I mean, WCW, the... They had a little, maybe few, but little bit, yeah, yeah. And even in WWE as well, they had that Royal Rumble 2004 match just before Eddie he wins the title, and yeah. that's where he had Chavo. And I always said as well, Chavo, the best part of Chavo used to be Chavo Classic on the outside. Is Alpha? Uh, yeah, he was, Chavo classic, yeah. He was brilliant, him. But Eddie beat the beat the hell out of them to at Royal Rumble 04. That's the only thing I remember about that. He, he was like the Jose Lafario of his time, weren't he? Chavo Classic. Yeah. Former Cruiserweight champion again there, Andy. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hans, old uh, Hans Molman uh, <laughs> senior. Uh, number five now. Rick Steiner, uh, part of the Steiner Brothers and the Varsity Club. Well, I'll fucking argue all day long that he's better than Mike Rotunda. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> Fuck me, another one. Kevin Sullivan. I think Chavo's better than Mike Rotunda. <laughs> Oh God! Um, so the the Steiner brothers, um, I think, like Gareth and JP have said on on Grapple, there, but number one tag team in it. Um, they were always good when I when yeah. I was growing up. Yeah. You know, you'd always look forward. To, they were one of them teams on WCW. You look forward to smashing jobbers. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm, I was going to cause mayhem there and, and throw it a 
a petrol bomb in, but I won't tell keep that in. <laughs> That's what I mean. Did they have much psychology apart from throwing people around? You know what I mean? Did they sell for anyone? But I suppose he didn't have to sell, did they? But you know, that's another yeah. uh, debate for another day. But them throwing teams around, I mean, fucking hell. They were the best at it. Do you know what I mean? For sure. The moves and stuff like that. Fucking yeah. Fucking great to watch. Um, so they they'd have a bit of a a bit of a split up, wouldn't they, in uh, WCW? Um, it, it's one of them. You could probably tell Scott was going to be the the one out of the team to make it. Yeah, probably would be a bit younger, weren't he? Yeah, definitely. And he always he got that trial run. I think I mentioned on that show uh, against Ric Flair, didn't he? In '91, yeah. he got that match against Ric Flair, and I think Flair sandbagged them and stuff like that because he knew that like this up and coming was gonna like be good type thing. And I think Scott always hated that, didn't he? Maybe he shot on Flair in like '99, 2000. Oh yeah, he yeah them many, on Nitro, uh, didn't he? Come yeah, out with the, the big the big teeth and all that. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he fucking hated them. He didn't forget that one, did Scott? But but on to Rick, like yeah, he, you know. You know, obviously deserving on the list because Scott Scott is an all rounder, better, better on the mic, better. But Rick was, you know, both of them, they're very believable, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even this this Vampiro match, I don't know, he had the reputation in 2001 for them last, where he was literally just beating like Conan up, he beat Lash LaRue up. I don't like that, though. I mean, unless it's, unless he is working, if he's really doing it, what's the art in that? Do you know what I mean? Anyone can go outside and punch someone. You know yeah. what I mean? But if it's if it is a work, then it's so believable because he's beaten the shit out of Vampiro. Yeah, fucking hell. This is sort of like early in Vampiro's WCW career, though, weren't it? When he's El Vampiro, that's when you El know Vampiro. he's not even been in the Deadpool yet or not. He's just literally like a, a bit of a jobber, really. Yeah. Oh, Rick just paced him in two oh, minutes. Fucking beat him off like some arm, weird armbar type thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's only wanking his, wanking his elbow off, isn't he? More, <laughs> than, uh, more than actually doing an armbar. It's, it's, I don't think he's got it actually cinched in. It's just like threatening to do it. And then he, but he taps out. But then that, that, this is 99 when he's the TV champ and that, you know, obviously we've got the Chucky stuff we'll mention in a minute. That's not a match, but. <laughs> The Sting match, the cage match, I always remember this vividly because it was one of the first times back in, like, this was 99, so I would have been yeah. in year eight even, not even in year nine yet in school. And my cousin used to bring physical print-offs of the Nitro results, like 10 pages long. Let me tell you something, brother. Um, that used always like the after-school after clubs would be in like IT or yeah. something or like at dinner time when they can go into the internet cafe and that would be my thing, printing the Nitro results off on the Monday so I could read them off uh, whatever the website. Lords of Pain, really? That was the one. Lords that was the pain, website. Yeah. Lordsofpain.net was just like the goat. But it was like, but you used to get, like it wouldn't be a picture of every match. You'd get the odd picture, like like the Nitro sign, then you get a picture maybe three matches in. And I always remember that picture of the cage match with Tank Abbott in the background and reading. Fucking hell, Tank Abbott didn't even know who he was. Yeah. Fucking hell, he's turned on Sting. He's helped Rick Steiner and all that. Someone else was fucking turned on Sting in his career here, Andy, Tank Abbott. And you know what? A, a, a glimpse as well, who was outside the cage, was Tank Abbott's mate, Big Al. Big Al, yeah. <laughs> you remember the thing with the knife? Yes, yep. <laughs> The skins match. The skins match, yeah. Fucking hell. Where they where they got the um they had to get the yeah, leather jacket down, didn't they? 
Yeah, and he pulled the knife. He had the knife and tried to cut his beard, didn't he? That's what it was. <laughs> but yeah, it's not much to the match. Just the just the cage. He gets Sting gets through into it a few times, and then goes for the death drop. Uh, the death uh, Stinger splash. Sorry, and Tank Abbott pulls Rick out the way, doesn't he? And and then he gets. And off the thing is, that. the show ends like that, doesn't it? Yeah, show just ends <laughs> while Rick Steiner's twatting Sting and <laughs> cliffhanger of Tank Abbott. But you know. He was just trying something different. He was struggling at the time, weren't he? And uh, trying to get a bit of legitimacy with uh, someone like Tank Abbott. And it worked for me as it, uh, in year eight because I was like, fucking hell, you know what I mean? Loving. I always thought that was the first time vividly I remember getting them print off. So made up when this match was in there. Well, they turned it, they actually had a bit of a like of a, a team, didn't they? Going into WCW 2000, uh, Rick Steiner and Tank Abbott. Yeah, with them, um, that plays into. The feud that Rick and Scott had because they have a I think it's Great American Bash. It's Tank and Rick v Scott in that. Remember that Asylum Cage gimmick where he's like, be in the middle of the ring. He's it was like, like you know, take me out with it. It was like yeah. a pod off, take me out with it. Just like, like a bungee cage, weren't it? <laughs> you'd fit like literally. I don't know how they had a match in it. You could fit like meant to be one guy in there really, but they, they had three guys and a ref in there maybe. Yeah, ref is on the outside just. Strange, but didn't these once again never really had a feud at the odd couple of interactions, didn't they? Rick and Scott, and they obviously got back together at the end in 2001 as well, which people forget. The Magnificent, the, uh, Seven. Magnificent yeah. Seven, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, fully deserved and good choice to have them down on the list, yeah. I, I think as well when they went in the Varsity Club because they did a remake of the Varsity Club, yeah, which oh god, they were bad, awful. Especially Never. IRS. Just the way, honestly, like, honestly, one of the worst of all time, IRS. Just not on tomb at all. <laughs> um, it's Rick Steiner meeting Chucky. That was, um, oh, he, he, he got buried. Absolutely yeah. buried. Oh, he hated every minute. You could tell he wanted, he thought it was a shoot. Rick Steiner wanted to go and fucking attack Chucky. <laughs> it's just like... Well, the, the thing was on NXT, even on NXT 2.0, his, his, uh, his bloody son got got to meet Chucky as well. Yeah, the, good call back that. I like that. Yeah. Good call back. But yeah, I think well deserving of being uh, being in there in the uh, in the top 10. Number six now, I, th I think a Hall of Famer of bad tag team partners, this fella. From Harlem Heat and Harlem Heat 2000, it's the one and only Stevie Ray. Fuck this, fe this, this fella, dreadful. Is he I, one? Is he IRS for me? For you, is he? Yeah, definitely. It, he'd always, he'd always because WCW, you know, you'd watch Nitros and Funders when it were on over here, but a lot of reading through Power Slam, you'd read about the um, about the pay per views, and he'd have matches against um, Brian Adams, yeah, uh, and I think Finn Martin in Power Slam had just. Bury Stevie Ray's matches all the time, saying like some of the worst matches you've ever seen. And I just never got into it. But Booker T, always a charismatic one, always the one with the wrestling skill. Stevie Ray was just plod. Wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I've never, yeah, I like, I think he's one that, like a Jim early on in the R Foundation, I think he does hold his own in the tag team. Like when they're actually a tag team, I think it's not just all Booker T, Joe. And then he's obviously more of a standout, like you're saying. But I think he, 
you know, he earns his money as part of the Harlem Heat, so fair play. But once he gets out of Harlem Heat, like, and I, I've got to own up, own up here. I was a big fan of, like, because I love the NWO, and I got into, you know, I always followed WCW, but I got into it in, like, 99, where I'd watched that over WWF and 2000, obviously the 2000s guy. But, like, I did like the Hollywood B team. I liked Stevie Ray, Brian Adams, Vincent. I don't know why. I just liked them. Maybe because he was just clinging on to the NWO still. I don't know. But I did like him around that. Obviously, his wrestling wasn't good. And yeah. but when I'm a 12-year-old, 11-year-old, I'm not looking for him to see how good he is. I just thought, oh, yeah. fucking hell, he, he looks sound in the NWO. He's a big fella. You know what I mean? But you know, looking back now, his singles career. And that's why they put him on comedy, didn't they? You know <laughs> what? He's, a, he's actually all right on comedy. He's not that bad. Near, no, near he's the not. End, near the end of... Um of 2000 when he um i think i think he t- sort of got re- he had a, a bit of a retirement match didn't he uh steiner beat him steiner beat him yeah night after mayhem 2000 yes yeah, steiner beats him puts his career on the line yeah yeah remember that one mm. um well it's a couple of matches i did put in was uh one against goldberg which is a bit of a, a bit of a squash which they all were typical goldberg once again I thought this was 2000 when you put it down because, you know, you don't have to say you don't put the years down, but then it was part of Goldberg's original streak, wasn't it? Yeah. 98, this one. Because he, he faced um, Stevie Ray in, like, I think, mid 2000. Yeah, he froze him through a glass window. I remember that on yeah. night show. It's like, I don't know how he does it because it's literally, and I remember, it's the smallest square window and it's like high up in the wall as well. I don't know how he takes that bump, to be fair to him. It's a fucking great bump how he does it. I'm, I'm, I bet he were back after one week, weren't he? Not, not I, think he wrestled, I think he wrestled on the night hand. And there was also um, a, a Booker T match as well, I think, which was from um, the 2000s. I remember that match because yeah. I knew it would be that. It's the Triple Triple Cage Russo's Revenge episode where the faces has got to qualify. To see yeah, it. and I always remember this match. And you know what? I know it's only ninety seconds. Maybe you might you might have the correct time. It's about that, yeah. I love this because it was just literally Stevie Ray didn't want to do it. Was forced into it by Russo. Didn't want to fight his brother, but he had to. Otherwise, he'd be he'd lose his spot as commentator, his job. Yeah, yeah. And then Booker T expects him to go easy on him. Goes a bit rough. Booker T ends up fighting back, beats him dead quick. And even at the end, when they get on the mic, Booker T's like, "What the hell was that?" You know, you know, you know, we're brothers, and then he says, "You know, I just, uh, I just needed to know." And all I thought it was for what it was. It was a good little, uh, good little story. This he, he could have said, "Well, I took your tea once over." Yeah, he could have made them come out to no music as well. Yeah, or oh, that they were some rough times for Booker T, weren't they? Always say Russo winning in sight for that feud, that tea trademarks of the tea. It wasn't was Russo's all, the idea. Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that, I'll always, I'll always say that era of WCW is possibly worse than what what the IWC Russo era. You know, oh, what it is, and it, only because people do get it twisted. It's only because Sullivan brings up Russo, like you know, people obviously hate him. He had right ideas, and he wanted to get rid of you. I know you don't want to get rid of like. People say, well, why would you want to get rid of your Hogan's, your Flair's, your big stars? He wanted to get rid of all this old brigade that people were moaning about years before. He did ask and pushed all new new wrestlers and wanted to give 
like your, your radicals in the powers that be era, and then when they left, like because soon as Russo goes, Kevin Sullivan brings back Lex Luger, yeah. brings back fucking Flair, Hogan. Yeah. You have stuff like the dog on telly, you know. Ah, oh, the dog, stuff. yeah. The dog. And Big Alf, this is all Kevin yeah. Sullivan. And then when, obviously, the new blood come, Russo comes back, they, they push the new blood. I know the thrillers are greener than grass. But at least they're trying to give new stars a bit of a go. So, yeah. you know, people need to look into things a little bit more than just face value. Yeah. What what you like from doing WCW 2000, I will say, you couldn't take your eyes off it. I probably did about 10 pages of notes on, like, half an hour. And it was like, oh, and I'm not stupid. You, you, there's, I know there's going to be, I mean, I, I remember there's going to be, when you sit down and think, there's going to be some nonsensical stuff. Why did yeah. this happen? Why? Of course, there's going to be wrestlers out there, you know, male and female that aren't ready for the spots. But, you know, it, it, you know you're going to get that if you're trying something new and stuff like that. But I'll always have a soft spot for it. Is it the greatest era? No. But as I say, I'll always have that. I can always have a chuckle watching it, put it that way. Number seven now. Uh, from the world's greatest tag team, it's Charlie Haas, who was um, tag team partners with Shelton Benjamin. Now, his, his single career um, ends up being, I think it's because he gets split up in the um, in the, the draft. draft. Yep. Because Benjamin well, has that match with Triple H, doesn't he? His first yeah. night, and then Charlie Haas is obviously on SmackDown then. Yeah, and... Probably, uh, well, Shelton Benjamin, like similar case to um, Harlem Heat, the more charismatic, you know, wrestler of the two. But n- not to say like Charlie Ass was, he was very good in the ring, weren't he? The great, great tag team as well. Oh, he'd be the AEW international champion nowadays, and <laughs> Charlie Ass, wouldn't he? Let's be honest, he'd have a run with that, <laughs> be lauded. <laughs> but like, uh, no, he was one of them. He was just a. You've said it there, the definition of a professional wrestler. That's all Charlie Ash was. And he didn't claim to be nothing else, to be fair to him. He was just in a company that needed a bit more, they always want a bit more area character-wise, don't yeah. they, WWE? So, you know, and that's why he was put with Rico. He was put with his future wife, Jackie Gay, there to give him a bit more character. And Did, did, did you feel here, though, Matt, it, it, it's a similar storyline to when they were doing with Lance Storm, you know, where it, there was... And Goldust. It, it, you know the boring character and what have you, and yeah, trying to, like, to get something out of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, that and always the odd couple tag team. It was always one that they'd go to, a book and trope they'd always go to that odd couple. And but it worked. They, they got over for a bit on SmackDown. On SmackDown, so you know. So um, a couple of the matches I put in there was RVD against Charlie Ass, which was his first night on SmackDown as a singles wrestler. Charlotte, good, good little four yeah. five minute match. This one, Rob Van Dam, you know, it's always give you a good TV match, and it's it's a lost art these days in a way. And go back to let's have an under ten minute TV matches that aren't just squashes. Let's have competitive five to ten minute matches. There's nothing wrong with that. Then going a bit short, there's nothing wrong at all with it. Every match, Matty, doesn't need two fucking um, advert breaks. Doesn't does it? It really doesn't. I'm looking at save you. Save it for you. Save I'm your look- fucking... What? I would say I'm looking at you, AEW. Save your fucking 15, 20-minute matches for pay-per-view. And even yeah. then, every match doesn't need to go 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, let's bring it back. Um, But the second match, now, he, he turns up as the great Carly. And I will say, Matty, yeah. I thought this was a fucking nailed-on impression of the great the Carly. great Charlie, though. The great Charlie. <laughs> what a fucking and this gimmick, and he done a lot. 
There was a JBL one. There was Stone Cold. There was like there was Shawn Michaels. He done. There was loads. He done. But once again, this is the point where because he got released, come back, and then this is Vince again thinking, let's just get some fucking character out of him. Yeah. And you know what? It was silly, but you know, as yeah. you say, got a few chuckles. But Carly just gives him a big chop. Probably a real does, chop, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> When his manager in it, uh, Runjin Singh comes in and uh, yeah, great, 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 Carly wants to meet you. Bang, <laughs> right on top of the end. And the the third match was uh, against Rico, which another fun TV match. Yeah, just this is just before where they got together, isn't it? As a tag yeah. team. This is just where like there's a, there's a few spots and I don't like where he kisses him. And then he ex- Rico exposes his fong at the end and Charlie yeah, has to yeah, vomit yeah. just to get the count out win, is it? He? he gets the count yeah. out win off that. Yeah. It's silly as anything, but you know, it, but it, it's part of their story and brings them together and Jackie and stuff like that. So there's a, at least there's a purpose for it. Yeah, it's it's very much of its time, you know, the humor and that, and you yeah, probably yeah. probably hear in the commentary, you know, being a bit homophobic, but um it's an actual like TV presentation, it, this it was it was a fine match, but it, I think as we said with Charlie Asset, he was just always trying to get the personality out of him, and yeah. he would end up. I, I think he did return on like the independent circuit like a couple of year ago. Yeah, I think I think he must. I, I, I'll tell you where he did Impact Wrestling because he faced fucking Josh Alexander. Well, did he? Yeah, as I say, and there's, a, there's an AEW run in there somewhere. Unless I don't know what, why he hasn't done that, or if he wants to come back somewhere. I don't know. Probably when he, um, Shelton, Shelton Benjamin's been released, hasn't he? Did he get released? He has. He, had, oh. he could reform, couldn't he? The Grail's greatest. You've called it. You've called yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> book, book him, Tony. Book him, Tony. <laughs> Um, do you think he's deserving to be on this list, or uh, Matthew? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, don't get me wrong, Shelton Benjamin is probably the more charismatic out of the two, but he's no charisma engine, is Shelton Benjamin, you know what I mean, in his own right. But I always he was the best. Ah, I think it's closer than we think, and I think yeah. Benjamin will get it because of, once again, the success and the more time he's been on TV. Yeah, but the different workers. He's a bit more flashier, isn't he, Shelton Benjamin, with his move? But I think Charlie Ass as a fundamental, scientific, basic wrestler, a boots and trunks wrestler per se, is a, is a good one, isn't he? So, yeah. but yeah, I'd say just about deserving to be on the list. To, to be honest with Shelton Benjamin, what what is he remembered for? Taking a good super kick out of midair from Shawn Michaels and doing a couple of flips in a ladder match at WrestleMania. Yeah. That's it. But he was he was one of them original ones, though, and yeah, he, he could have been a WWE champion and all that. But no, he, he had a good career. You know, he's multiple IC US. Maybe didn't get the chance. I can, could agree with, but he, you know, he could have had that one. You know, pay per view main event. Oh, yeah, mother, mother Benjamin, weren't it? Mama Benjamin, brilliant. Yeah. Trying to get that character out of him. You know what I mean and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, he, he had he had a good career. I think he did anyway. Number eight now. Oh, my brother, testify. As we go to Devon Dudley, of the Dudleys now, Reverend Devon, oh. uh, where he's Mr. McMahon's spiritual advisor, which yeah. I will say is a perfect gimmick for him because all his promos were all like preaching and. Yeah. 
I mean, this was again the first draft, isn't it? Where Bubba Ray goes to Raw, basically keeps the Dudley's gimmick, and then Devon gets, you know, a completely new character, like totally. And as you said, you know, fits in with his promos and. You know, it was always going to have its limited shelf life, regardless. This gimmick, whether of the you know they got back together or not, the Dudley boys. But I didn't mind it. Didn't mind this gimmick at all. Got him on telly, didn't they? On SmackDown at the time. Got him associated well, his, with Vince. His, and that. First, his first match as well, Matt. It was against Triple H. Yeah, and and Andy. Andy we're going to shock. We're going to shock the world. It's not clean, but he does pin Triple H. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three. Yep. Which. You can take you take any screw job finish over Triple H, don't you? As long as you get that win. Yeah, but and this still would have been the era of Triple H, like still not wanting to do jobs for people and what have you. I think so. that he lasted twenty five years. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, th- I thought it's it's a good presentation. He didn't come out originally to know that. Yeah, it's more like literally church music, isn't it? It was, yeah. yeah, and I, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's as I say, it's a, it's a silly gimmick to many, but as I say, got him on telly, and he, 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 I think in his shoot interviews afterwards, I don't know whether he minds it. I, just, I think he, 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 like you said, he, he was already tapping into like that preachy religious like subtlety in his promo. So, but you know, he, he did make the most of it for while it was on telly. To be fair to him, yeah, uh, he had also. Um... A partner with him um, in the corner carrying the uh, collection box, one and only Deacon Batista. Great stuff, Big Dave. First time in this match, Triple H and Batista interacted. Of course, did obviously main event WrestleMania a few years later, which is wild if you would have said that at the time. But uh, yeah, gets the win as we say. It's a screw job finish. It's Chris Jericho hitting him with the the donation box that Batista used to carry around his neck. <laughs> Just little stuff like that. I love that. Little little touches to the gimmick and Triple H bleeds off it, obviously, on telly. And uh, yeah, Devon gets the uh, the big win. But as we fast forward maybe um, a couple of months or maybe a month, fucking hell, this gimmick has suddenly uh, gone. <laughs> took a long turning. Nosedived. As, as, as he faces Farouk. Love this. God. <laughs> Love it. it. The match itself lasts about 10 seconds. Uh, yeah. But there's also a promo about masturbation in this, isn't there? Yeah, it's different <laughs> times. It's just yeah. different times. But I, I did get a chuckle out of Farouk where he goes, so you don't masturbate. Well, I do. <laughs> Dig with the mic. The stiffest spy bus you'll ever see. One, two, three, we're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! And I, I just felt like bloody hell. This had this this gimmick had just a short shelf life, didn't it? I think I think the Vince already knows that Dudley's are getting back together to Survivor Series. At, even at this point, do you know what I mean? I think that's what's gone on there. But, but like Bubba Ray Dudley's like singles run on Raw wasn't great, was it? No, he got a match with Triple H and Triple yeah. H beat him. And then he, he was always put in there with like your Brock Lesnar's no Brock's very green there, but he, he had a he had a, a good little uh, little goal, but eh? like but yeah, he never just if you put him with Spike as well, but as I say, basically did, keeping yeah. the Dudley boys together and you're meant to be on your own type thing. So it, it never it never worked. But if did uh, maybe I'm I'm just piecing together the head as we're talking here. Did he probably get loads of complaints about this gimmick? And that's why maybe it got 
shelved early as well. Maybe, I'm pretty yeah. sure they, they might have done at that time, but maybe he, he fell out of love with it early, Devon and Vince themselves. So, yeah. 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 I think as well with Bubba Ray, like even at the same time, like Bradshaw were trying out a bloody um, singles gimmick. Maybe yes. on at the same time. And that's before the old JBL stuff where, you know, his career like skyrocketed. Well, that's it, because they put the Dudleys and the APA back together in like the next the next year, really. And then yeah. that's when JBL becomes JBL a year after that as well. So strange times. So, I like it's good to go back and uh, and revisit though. That that triple H one, I, I I remember that vividly, like probably at the time I was like, oh fuck off. Looking yeah. one beating Triple H. That should have never happened. I never booked that, but you know, got the character over for a week and then yeah, he tried. Uh, he tried. But and, as we said, always a very limited shelf life, that gimmick. Yeah. And um basically the I think the end of the gimmick was uh, old Reverend facing facing uh, Batista. Yeah. It was um at least he tied the tied the story up, Andy. He, 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 took, he, he took he took off his uh, cut off shirt, and um, it, this was a proper you know the bagpipe music what he had, which is a fucking tune. oh boss, yeah, boss tune, and yeah, just beat him, doesn't he? Always, all especially early on when he was green, always stiff that Batista bomb, mate. Yeah. Oh. Ed, I remember Ed saying he used to take that every night on the house shows, and it, it just win them every single night. <laughs> just rough. <laughs> He's yeah, I love Batista at this oh, stage. Gosh. You know, green as grass, but I I, I just love someone just battering, battering yeah. people. Batista's always one of them. You know, even like yeah, you know, it, it's weird. You get like like fans like myself and maybe you and I'm not, I'm not tying in with me, but we like a bit of entertainment. We like a bit of everything, really. You know, yeah. we're just lumbered. And, but then you get your serious wrestling guys, then you get your like storyline guys, your athletes. The all everyone likes Batista. He's one of them wrestlers, I think, that's universally liked by any you know section of the fan base. And good, good to see, like. So, um, Reverend Devon, is he um worthy of being on the list? I mean, people are gonna say he's probably sounder than Bubba Ray, aren't they? I mean, you know like what? I, I met the two of them, Devon was brilliant, Bubba Ray. Was he? Bubba Ray, a cunt. Well, what, 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 what was the? Uh, I've never heard the story. Where did you meet them, and what happened? Um, WrestleCon in New Orleans. Oh, Mania Thirty. Yeah, and I'm, I'm... what it were? Uh, I went to shake it, shake uh, Bubba Ray Dudley's hand. He said, "No fist," and like Devon Dudley, like shook yeah. my hand, and you know, I had a, you know, a minute chat or so. I thought yeah. he was fine, other fella. Fuck off. Yeah, well, that's it. But I'd say being fit, you know, taking personal feelings aside yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and like people, what they like on Twitter and stuff. If we're talking about characters and wrestling, I think Bubba Ray's a well better wrestler than Devon. Let's, let's not get it yeah. twisted. And I think he's probably better on the mic. But, and, but I will say Devon was always the smartest man in the building. Because he took fuck all in them TLC matches when everyone else was taking moves off the top of the ladders. I think, <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think the only thing he took maybe was like, you know, he was swinging in the air. Yeah, he never yeah. hardly went through tables, wasn't taking, you know, big bumps off top of stuff. No, no, he was smart, man. But yeah, I'd say Bubba Ray just edges it overall, though. So he's, yeah. he's deserving on the list. It's maybe, it's maybe the, it's the TNA run, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's undeniable for, for Bubba Ray, really. The, the Nick he got himself in, carried himself as a main eventer, and you, you got to give him props for that. 
and you know what people thought, you know, when he left TNA, like people was like, WWE should be signing him and pushing him as like he could have had a six month run with Cena. He easily yeah. could have it easily could have been done. Easily. Yeah. But it's the old WWE cash cow. Go Don't back waste. to the nostalgia. Um, he says though, didn't he? He was he was trying to convince Vince McMahon to like you showing him tapes of Bully Ray and saying, "Listen, Vince, I can I can do this for you," and it just never come to the to light in WWE. Number nine now uh, from the Rock and Roll Express, Robert Gibson. Um, rough, rough one. <laughs> well, it's one of those as a singles. Come on, as, as a singles. singles, yeah. The reason I stuck Robert Gibson in was like when people talk about the Rock and Roll Express, they always talk about Ricky Morton's babyface fire, that like the greatest hot tag in the business. What do they say about Robert Gibson? Nothing. Nothing. Nope. And he's always one like it's that sudden wrestling, isn't it? It's like Ricky Morton and Bobby Eaton are always the two shining examples of these great workers. And you know, the, you know, the obviously great wrestlers, but they, as you say, they're always the go to, isn't it? And Bobby Eaton and Ricky Morton, you've got yeah. Morton's fire, as you said, and just Bobby Eaton's like delivery yeah. in the ring. Yeah. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so the two there was two matches here because I did put a duff link and it was the same link as uh, it was another Reverend Devon match again. <laughs> yeah, it, um, was. it I, was. I got onto that, but I see, I see next to the um, Ric Flair match, the Terry Taylor match was there. So yeah, um, <laughs> it's no big loss the Terry Taylor one, but um, the the couple of matches here. Um, so there was the Ric Flair one from nineteen ninety one. Was it about 1990, 1991? Something like that. Just yeah. And I will say, this is still the era of Ric Flair where he could wrestle a broomstick and get a great match out of someone. The crowd, for any time, like, Flair was just getting bumped around. They were going fucking wild. You know, even though you don't think Robert Gibson's got a chance here now. You know, he was good at this stage. Like, Rock and Roll Express was still popular. Um, but it's a good solid TV match, this one, yeah. It's and I, that's what I was having mixed emotions watching this. And because I'm far from a flare guy in the ring, even in his prime, I'm like, I think he's overrated type thing. But then, as you say, when you watch these matches back, the heat it's the it, you know, it's, for me, it's not even the work because. And that's where I'll go into that one separate in a minute. But the heat is there every time they want to see him beat, even though he, he gets them organic cheers as well from certain sections of the yeah. crowd. You want to see him get beat, and he's great at them backslides, the nail falls. He always gives you all that. But then I always think the criticism Flair gets, and I was arguing with myself watching this, is like, well, he always gives you the same match all the time. And to an extent, obviously, it is true. The same spots, the beal, as I say, the backslides, the. Yeah over-the-top rope, run across the apron, whatever. But then I think to myself, if you're a wrestler, and I know, you, you know, you do what's like, what is over with the fans, don't you? You know what I yeah. mean? I know this sounds easy and everyone knows this listening to it. But I was arguing with myself. I genuinely was watching it thinking, I don't like him, but then it works. And then, I, honestly, it was just so fascinating to me to like to go back and, and watch stuff like that because I'm far from a flair guy. Like, so I hope that made sense to anyone listening yeah, as well. Yeah. It's like looking... Great stuff. I mean, I mean, like the first um, 
Rick, you know, main Ric Flair DVD the WWE brought out. It was like a three or four disc set, and it has all like the you know the the feud with Dusty and Harley Race, and it has all like the you know the TV interviews building up to it, and just it's just a wild period when you you know watch like angles in a TV, just a small TV setting. Yeah, how we can just do like the simplest thing and crowded. Yeah, yeah. just going wild. As I say, like even his big matches as well. Like I do, I still do think he's he's slightly overrated. But when you do look back on the, the heat, you know you you can't argue with that heat. You, you can't in them kind of the steamboat matches and the the funk matches and all that. Yeah. They are they are legendary, aren't they? Um. So as we fast forward eight years now to a, a TV title match on WCW Saturday night against the janitor. Jim Duggan. Janitor Jim Duggan. Fucking, when you put this on the list, honestly, I thought this could be Mid-South, this. I honestly thought, Andy's throne going wild, putting Mid-South on here. And then I clicked it, and I seen Saturday night in the fourth, and I seen Jim in the janitor outfit in the fourth. Fuck me, this is 2000 WCW. Yeah. But and this was never shown. It was never on telly in it over no. here. I've got access to it. I'm going to have to watch these 2000 because... I remember Duggan finding the TV title in the trash and just going it. it. Yeah. But then near later on, you got all like before, like your Elix skippers and your thrillers come on telly. They were all on Saturday nights as jobbers and getting matches on worldwide as well. So I'm going to go back and watch it. Are, are, are they on the network? No, no, they're not. They're not. They're not. They're on a WCW Deep Cuts, Andy. You're on that. All right. Oh, on Twitter. I'll, I'll have a look. I'll, yeah. I'll speak to you off air about this. Yeah. Um, but th this match, fucking rough. <laughs> oh, great, great. I mean, Jim Duggan, God bless him, was never the best worker after Mid-South, was he? So, you know, it's uh, and this is 2000, Jim. So you get, you're getting, what is it, the uh, old glory fucking clothesline and knee drops. That's also getting out of Jim, yeah? Oh, there's a lot of headlocks in there. Uh, Randy yeah, Orton yeah. would be proud of this, Matty. Yeah. Not, not as good as Randy's, come on, Hans. <laughs> um... It, 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 it's obviously night and day, like eight, nine years onwards. But yeah, I, I think he's de deserving of being in there. No, obviously, he's a like, great tag team with Ricky Morrison, but it, they needed each other more than... I think this is probably the only one on the list, dare I say, that you can't really judge both of them on a singles career. We're judging them literally in the tag team. And I think... That Ricky Morton is, as you say, he no one ever mentioned he was the other guy in the Rock and Roll Express. And to an extent, it's probably not fair. But then looking back, he, he was always the hot tag. And yeah, you know, once again, I'm I'm far from a Rock and Roll Express fanboy, but you know, I can obviously appreciate they were good. But you know, people, someone more uh, clued up with me on them might might argue different, and you never know. But the general consensus that we see is that Ricky Morton's a standout, isn't it? Yeah. Excuse me. Um, as we get to number 10 now, which is um Sean Hernandez from um TNA from um LAX. He was a part of a great tag team with a uh, homicide, weren't it? It was back in the day. Um, but this is more like his singles run in TNA. Now, the reason why I stuck him in there, it's more potential he didn't live up to. 
because he had a great, you know, great look, great move set as well. He did that. They were laugh for a big man. That big, like Undertaker dive over the top, weren't it? And yeah, he, he, and he, and he, I would say he, he had a bit of a charisma about him, a bit of swag. He had a charisma which yeah. many wrestlers don't have in the ring. If you get yeah. like, he, 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 the way he, he bounced around the ring, done his moves, done from he flowed from move to move. He had that in ring charisma, and also. Like people forget, I think Hogan was big on him when he come in. Yeah. He, he wanted to push him, you know what I mean? He wanted to like so you've got someone like that on your side politically. <laughs> you should have had a better run, shouldn't you? Hey, hey, you know what? He could have ended up with an all of fame ring instead of abyss. Yeah, yeah, he could have. Um, so a, a couple of matches I did stick in here. One was um the No Surrender 2009 title match, so it's like a five-way with Matt Morgan, Sting, AJ Styles, Kurt Angle, who looks a bit... Uh, I think this is main event Mafia, Kurt Angle. Yeah, 09 will be. Yeah, and Hernandez cashing in his feaster-fired briefcase. Now, he he, ma- he makes a comment here saying... Uh, I think he's just like the surprise entrant. He um, wants to do it properly, though, doesn't he? He doesn't want to... Yeah, like he said, it. I want to do it properly. I don't want to be in a in a two-minute a two minute match, a three, three or four-minute match. I want to be in there for like 25 minutes, earn my, earn my title. Lo and behold, gets in the ring, gets beat up after two minutes and then gets carted off and doesn't return again. Okay, now... <laughs> TNA, okay. <laughs> TNA for you. Uh, but the the actual match itself, it's it's all right. They they do a nice thing at the start where each of them gets their own like little video package before they mm-hmm. uh, make their entrance. You know, to the uh, that voiceover, Matt Morgan. He's oh, brilliant, Wayne. Yeah, University of Iowa. Yeah, he was great. He was great. Barry Barry Scott, not the one of Silic Band fame, but the uh, voiceover man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a nice little touch, like for the first five five minutes, just making their own like uh, entrance in, and then uh, I think um, AJ Styles ends up winning the title on that one. Yeah. Um, old, old Alan, old Alan, old yeah. Alan. And the other match was against Matt Morgan, who was another big guy that was uh, pushing at the time. Yeah, he got the Kurt Angle match, though, at a bound for glory. Matt Morgan, did, remember yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, wasn't too bad. Obviously, Kurt's in there, so it was uh, it was good. But yeah, these were the tag team as well. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm up to 2012 and me TNA rewatching. As I say, I've got all my notes down from like 07 when I started it, but because I swapped phones over. Half my years have gone off my notes and I was devastated. But I remember these were a tag team and they had this match on Impact TV, wasn't yeah. it? And like it's weird because the finish is dead weird. It's like he, he, he's eight, isn't he? So Matt Morgan gets him in the ring, hammerlocks him, throws him into the corner and pins him off that. Yeah. It, dead weird. But I know the story they were trying to tell of like he'd take advantage of his partner. But it was just the dead. It was just out, out of the blue, I thought. And Matt Morgan's another one. He's, he should have been bigger than he was. Yeah, I mean, he had a few goals in WWE, and he? he was green in 03 when he came in. And then he brought him back in 05, remember, with Carlito with the stuttering gimmick? Yeah. Oh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't go down well. And then, obviously, TNA, he probably had his longest run. And as I say, he got the Kurt Angle match, probably the highlight of his like in-ring career, for sure. And he was always 1-1 again. 
always plug him in a tag team and he'd do all the spots and all the big man stuff and the Al scissors kick and that. And he was he had a decent look. He always looked weird though, because because he was like literally a, a genuine seven yeah. foot, wasn't he? So it was just dead weird. I mean, like he just looked like a normal guy, but seven foot. It was dead weird. A bit ga- like gangly. Yeah. 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 Um, as as we mentioned earlier about um, LAX, um, Homicide and Hernandez are actually uh, working in um, Norwich in WAW in the night's promotion. Uh, When's that? Um, I think it's a couple of weeks after we're recording this. They're against. Uh, I think it's Nathan. I think they're against Nathan Cruz and some other really professional wrestler. Uh, so oh, okay. it's so um, probably be a bit, a bit of a freestyle special, but Homicide in Norwich. Yeah, okay, okay. Which, which which could be a crime drama on Channel Five. Um, <laughs> um, Not Baltimore, we're in Norwich for homicide. <laughs> but um, Hernandez, uh, would would you have stuck him on the list? You know what? And that's the one that like I only know these two homicide and Hernandez from. The TNA run, like I'm not familiar with Homicide, ROH run. Benno's probably. Oh, no, I mean, I mean Hernandez, I said on the list, not. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I can't really judge. Obviously, Benno's going to be saying, yeah, Hernandez should be on this list because obviously yeah. being a Homicide guy. But yeah, off what you hear and stuff like that, it once again, more missed potential out of uh, out of Hernandez more than anything. And obviously, Homicide's got his legacy, hasn't he, with, with uh, ROH and D&Ds and helping other guys out so he's probably going to be more remembered than than Hernandez for sure. Yeah. Um quick question for you Matty. Um would you uh, any honorable mentions who you would have um fancied putting on the list? Oh that's a think about that and I mean we're thinking about I'm going through all the tag teams I had on on my list but can I just ask you a question first? If you're putting you or Jeff as a tag team here who are you putting on the shit list on? <laughs> Uh, 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 you and Jeff, yeah, you you put yourself on there as, as the. Uh... He always beats me at pool. Um, there you go. He yeah. always wins. So he, yeah. he's always the better better one at like sports and uh, what have you. And yeah, no, I'd I'd stick Jeff on there. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 I'd stick me on there. I'd I was gonna say you, you built yourself you built yourself down to put yourself over there yes. like that. <laughs> I'd stick me on the um on the on the shit tag team partners because but, but I'm trying to think of the, the of the other tag teams that we we had down. Who did I have? I had like yeah, I'm trying to think like because even like the demolition and stuff, you know, you know, pretty pretty similar. I'll be Billy D's got the reputation as a as a better worker pre-demolition. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because and, and then obviously he, he quits and then you you know Dasho goes into the repo man and such and um who is Road it? Warriors Road Warriors is a good one. I mean I was always a hawk guy just for the charisma and the promos, but is Animal the better worker? He probably is, isn't he? You he, know, he Hawk can sell a, nothing. He come in as a giant bumblebee in um, late 2000 WCW. <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that we should take that to the to the masses, that who, who's the best out the air road warriors? Yeah, I think Hawk will be because of the promos. I think Hawk will get more of a more coverage than Animal. But yeah, who else? Who else was he? Trying to think there, and you know, you need to take it to your, like your, your your specialists, like the like the Midnight Express and stuff like that. Who you put on out of them and teams like that? You know, 
where you go and the Bulldogs would they, would Davy be on there ahead of Dynamite? Of course, you know, the biggest star, isn't he? But Dynamite's the ultimate worker, so that's a good conversation to have. Yeah, but people will just put Bulldog down, won't they? Straight away. Yeah, if if you ask the um, ordinary person in the street, they'd probably say, "Who the fuck's a Dynamite kid? I only know British Bulldog." Who are you putting down uh, out the APA? I did, you'd oh, oh, it's a tough one because Ron Simmons won the WCW title. Exactly. So you're going on like pre- he had a be- he had a better tag team career with um, Doom with Doom and the APA. Bradshaw, Bradshaw was, but does JBL was- overall? Overall, Ron Simmons' tag team. That's what I mean. It's a debate. It's a debate we're having. Yeah. It's it's, it's it's one to think about. And if the listeners have got any um, opinions yeah. on it, um, send them in. Here's one. Was Dennis Knight better than Mark Canterbury? Oh, I was always a Canterbury man. Oh, was you? Didn't you like Naked Midian, though? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah. Hey, funnily enough, I watched that where they um, turn him into Midian. Oh, all time angle. angle for me. I'm the fucking Lord. Fucking, how nuts is it on a wrestling show, though? Yeah. <laughs> fucking uh, Undertaker speaking in tongues. Slitting, slitting his wrists and pouring it into his mouth. Outrageous. Yeah. Proper stuff. Anywho, uh, we have come to the end of the show. But before we go, as ever on this show, it's play your ages right. Yeah. I will say, and this is making the rounds on other podcasts that I have been listening. This it is, is yeah. This is TM to, TM to our gimmick. This we have to come up with a new game soon. <laughs> well, here we go. So we listed the ten there, but we the, there is a twist to this one, which okay. will come at the end. Okay. But this is about what age they are now. So we'll start off with the king. Marty Janetti, he's currently 63. I know. So, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, who's sadly passed away, at, at time of death, was he younger or older than Marty Janetti? At time of death, I'd say younger. Matty, you are saying younger. You are correct by about two months. Okay. Higher or lower now, Chris Harris. Oh, younger. Got to be younger than 63. What, what what do you think? Now, 49. Yes, spot on. Oh, yes. <laughs> do I get a bonus uh, bonus little fucking high five for that? You do, you do, you do. I might I might buy you half a lager uh, <laughs> for that one. Uh, next up, higher or lower than Chris Harris, Chavo Guerrero Jr. <sighs> Just older. 52. Close. 53 and okay, older. Still, still got a connect. Still, still on a roll. So, uh, next up, higher or lower than a Charvo Guerrero, Rick Steiner. Oh, older. I'd say he's 65. Ooh, he's higher. Um, he's 62. Okay. Is one that'll surprise you now. So, Stevie Ray, higher or lower than a Rick Steiner? Well, now you've said that, I've got to go old. I, I would have said younger, but you're saying he's older because I think Booker T's nearly 60, isn't he? Um, 
Now you've said that, I'll say he's older, even though older said younger. Stevie Ray is older. Six, Sixty-five. Fuck, he looks great. He does, doesn't he? I never yeah. had him as sixty-five. Because his Hall of Fame speech was only a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So you'd have been sixties then. Fucking hell, looks well. Yeah. Anywho, um, the next the next one is obviously going to be lower. Uh, which is Charlie Haas, unless he's had a really hard paper round in the last uh, couple of years. 50, big 5-0, Charlie Haas. No, 51. Oh, 51, close though. Here's one. Deacon Dudley, higher or lower than a Charlie Haas? I'd say he's just older. I'd say he's 54. So you're going older, Deacon Dudley. He can't be below 50. Devon Dudley is younger than Charlie Haas. Fuck! How old? Uh, he's, he's same age, 51, but he's younger by it. And once again, a couple of months. Oh, Bully Day? Is Bully Day older than Devon then? I think he must, he, he must be older. Yeah, on. So, um, next one. It's obviously older. Robert Gibson. Bully Ray, by the way, Andy, is 52. Fucking hell. Fucking hell, he's older than Devon. Yeah, he's older than Devon. Who's the next one, sorry? Uh, Robert Gibson. Oh, fucking hell. He's got to be touching 70. Gibbo. 65, so he's the oh, same age as Stevie Ray. Oh, wait, whoa, 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 wait there a minute. Wait there one minute. How old is he? 65. So you're telling me he was only 35 at Survivor Series 93 when they get trod out in WWF. He's fucking 35. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm older than that. Jesus Christ. Right. The 10th one it is the twist now. It's not Sean Hernandez. He's been... Exempted. Well, he's this. younger, obviously, than 65, isn't he? Yeah. I thought, I'll have to give you a harder one here. So, it's it's sort of well known that Robert Gibson has got a bit of um, a, a look-alike in the celebrity world. Um, from Have I Got News For You, it's uh, Paul Merton. <laughs> so, Paul Merton of Have I Got News For You fame, is he younger or older than his double... Robert Gibson. Right. I've already got the i-fi and the half a lager in the bank. So I'm going to risk it all here. <laughs> I'm going to risk it all for the money. I don't care about the money because I've got my i-fi for my music and I've got that half a lager. So I'm going to risk it all and I'm not going to go with my gut, Andy. And you always should go with your gut. So I'm going to eat my own words here, right? I was originally going to go higher but I'm going to go lower. I'm risking you're, it all. You're risking half a pint from an Ogden. Fucking no, no. <laughs> that's safe in the bank with me, I find. <laughs> I'm risking the money. Come on. Uh, so higher or lower than 65, you're saying lower. I am. Paul Merton is 60. 
six. That is the lesson, right? For anyone listening, always go with your fucking gut and anything in life. Fuck. And I will say, looking at pictures, Paul Merton doesn't look 66. No, he doesn't. So you're telling me, once again, he's younger than I am now. When have I got news for you first, lads? Ian Islop with a bit about 30. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Ian, Ian Islop. Um, so have I got news for you? has been going about 30 years, hasn't it? 1990. 1990, 30. I've, I've got the DVD, the uh, best of the original, like, first 10 or 12 years, is it? Great DVD, that. Fucking hell. So... <laughs> Is this lop about? I bet he was about twenty-eight. I'll have I got news for you. Thirty-year-old. Fuck. <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? Isn't it awful? <laughs> so. <laughs> Sixty-three years. Sixty-three. Me and his lop. And um, so, and um, that brings an end to uh, Shite Volume Five. So, uh, Matty, yes. um, anything to plug, mate? Um. Apart from the season finale of Shite coming up, uh, just, you know, in time for Christmas, Andy, if, you know, we'll talk about this off air, but let's get in everyone's feeds for over the Christmas period. Yes. Where we're going to be talking December to this member, and we're going to be talking Christmas in general, you know, maybe some surprise Christmas moments. We, we will think of something for yeah. the festive season, Andy. We'll have a good, uh, a good old uh, episode for that. But, yeah, other than that, you can catch me at, uh, obviously, on the Grapple Pod, uh, you know, Patreon.com forward slash grapple for all your good shows. You got spotlight on there every week. Five to ones, mixtapes, fucking we've got Everton Andy, movie clubs, you know, as you know yourself, you know, we've got a new Discord now, which we yeah. encourage everyone to get on there and let's have a good chat, a good laugh about, you know, mainly wrestling, but other topics in life. Just let's go and hang out and have a uh, good interaction on there. Follow me on Twitter, Matthew uh, at 86. I'm on 585 followers now. I've been wanting to get to that 600 mark for ages. So let's get 15 more followers on for me on, on Twitter. And once again, just let's have a chat on there. You know, we're always posting shite on there and, and having and having good stuff. And yeah, let's just, just, just let, let's have it on. Can't wait for next month now. Same here, same here, mate. Um, um, I just told them 15 pawn bots turn up for you. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, they always reply to me, fucking whatever I put up, or they always like me stuff first. So, yeah, uh, get out of hand, all that. Big fans of Roman Reigns, I heard. He's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but he's, yeah, he's, he's Jane, Jane Uso from Romania. <laughs> 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 but no, as I say, I'm, you know, that's just a. Uh, Let's have a good old festive period, mate. And we'll, we'll be seeing each other in person, which is good. Always good to uh, always good to catch up, hopefully, in uh, the 9th of uh, December. So, looking forward to that, mate. Yeah, and I will get you that half a pint as it was banked. Um, yeah, it was banked. You know, don't expect you to be carting the iFi in your backpack, mate. So, uh, <laughs> you can keep that. Um, as ever, you can follow us at GCP Podcast One and at Oggy Part Three on Twitter. Um, episodes that we've recently done, recently done a review of Progress Wrestling Chapter 159 Wonder Brawl, which has got possibly one of the best rants on um, meme it's wrestling. It's good listening that. Listen from, to that this morning. It's good. From, uh, from uh, Bash Heel, uh, Chris, uh, which you know what? I've listened to that rant about eight times. I was fucking pissing myself 
you can hear you can hear you on the audio, Andy. It's fucking it's it's he that like gone, hasn't he? He just has to go to the bar. <laughs> he just has to go and get another fucking bite. <laughs> I, I love that bit on it as well, where he's like uh, talking about you know the prices, and then he goes, "Oh yeah, well I, I still had a few," and then I think you or Jeff go, "How oh, many did you have, Chris?" Only seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's like fucking hell, fifty quid just in one little fucking. Yeah. Uh, so we, we've got that. We've also got our um, look backs at Five Star Wrestling with Chris Wilson. Got quite a back catalogue. We're nearly nearly up to the hundred episodes on um, on this feed now. So um, lots to listen to. Similar to Grapple, who got about six million episodes nowadays. I think, we're, I think we are. I think last time I looked, I could be wrong because I'm I'm the newest member of the team. We had about eight hundred and fifty. So wow. come like you know maybe the end of next year or so, we could have that thousand proper. Like Patreon episodes, you know what I mean? But I don't know. I think that's the last check. But also, one I forgot to plug, I will be on Mussy Matches as well coming up. Uh, and I'll be dating this podcast again. I think it's my fourth time on the uh, podcast. So it'll be good to catch up with uh, with Kieran and Mark here this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. And, all, and also to get some more plugs in, fuller plugs. That's um, why I've said it to remind you, I'm, I'm yeah. doing your job here. <laughs> yeah, so um, also been on Mussy Matches um, with Eddie Sideburns and Kieran and Mark. Um, talking Raw Rumble 92. We also talked about Ilya and Walter. Um, I'm also on another podcast, Away Goals Count, where we've just done a review of Geisley versus Workington with our Jeff and uh, Grapple Gareth. That was a nice 15 minutes. And also, um, the second episode of FWA pod, Nothing and Like It, um, the story of FWA on TV, um, will be released um, quite soon. So um, go and follow that on Twitter at FWA pod. Do you reckon everyone's sick of us plugging? <laughs> no, I, mean, I, think, I think they might be. You know, you know what? Fucking more more podcasts than bloody uh, soft Mick. Podcasts <laughs> out the arsehole, mate. And you've also got Bretro coming up as well. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you know what, I'm, that's the most nervous, like, since I started podcasting. That's probably the most nervous I am up, upcoming with this episode because I just wanted to go so well. I hope people like it because, you know, I'm big, big on it, but it's Gareth as well. It's like... He's been wanting to do this for a good year now. So hopefully, hopefully we nail it and hopefully everyone likes it. So, um, but if you don't like it, let us know because it's one of them. You're not going to please everyone, are you? So let's uh, let's just you continue. Know. We're not. Anyway, that's the end of the plugs now. Yes. Thanks, thanks as ever, Mr. Edwards. Been a more, great more plugs than we're B&M. <laughs> we're yeah. self plugs and curries or something. I don't know. <laughs> Cheers for your time, Matty. Oh, can't wait, mate. See you next month and take care. Cheers. Uh, this has been Shite, Volume 5. Good night. Bye. <laughs>